in your outline. I have the Pledge of Allegiance. Just read through that really quick and see if you can find the mistake that I actually made in it when I gave it to Linda. Can you read through it real quick? It simply says, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. <laughs> but there's another mistake in there, too. I think we say this wrong. We say, one nation, comma, under God. You know how it was actually written? One nation under God. If we say one nation, then under God, that's two separate things. And this nation was established under God, period. Okay? That's why when I go to ball games and stuff, I'm wondering, one nation under God, and I'm, I have to stop and wait for them to catch up. But that's the way it was written. So I was never good at English, okay? In the English class, I hated the English class in high school. But that comma makes all the difference in the world in that. You see, that's what we're kind of talking about this morning, one nation under God. I want you to know, and I don't think it's any, um, not if I've hidden it or anything, but I love our country. I love being an American. I love living in the USA. Now, I will say that I'm not real thrilled the direction America is going today. I will say that, but I will always stand for the pledge. I will put my hand over my heart. I will take my hat off anytime it is said. You see, because I believe we live in a country that has so many opportunities. I mean, you can start a business, you can travel, you can worship, you can tell people about Jesus. And what I say today may be even a little controversial to the world. It shouldn't be controversial to us about what God's Word says to us. You see, I was taught in school. I can remember being in elementary school, being taught the Pledge of Allegiance. And when we did it in school where I was at back in the 70s, you know, we actually said the pledge and we actually prayed in school. But we were taught to stand up, put our hands over our heart, and kids actually got in trouble if they didn't. You know, that's the way it was. And that's why I will always do it. I will always teach kids to do it. But it is something that we should never take for granted either. You see, we get to live in an area, in a place where we get to do what we're doing right now. We have a freedom of speech. We have freedom of worship, of gathering together to do exactly what we call doing church. In some places in our world today, if you are caught doing this very thing, you can be beaten, you can be killed on the spot. You can be put in prison for carrying a Bible. You see, so we have freedoms that we should appreciate. Or you, to not do those things, not to get killed or beaten, you go underground. Or you take a chance every time you do so. You see, while we're proud to be Americans, and I believe we should be, we live in a great country, we live in a great place, we have all the things that we have, but we're proud to be Americans, but as Christians, as followers of Jesus, I think we have more responsibility just being proud Americans, of going to fireworks or doing all those other things. I believe the scripture teaches us more. You see, in your outline, we are not just Americans, but we are ambassadors from heaven. We're ambassadors from heaven. You see, we actually come from a heavenly nation. And some of you are sitting here saying right now, oh, wait, 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 wait. What's this ambassador thing from heaven? Where are you getting this? If you have your Bible, 2 Corinthians 5, 19 through 20. 
Paul tells us this. He says that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Catch verse 20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. Paul says, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Man, that's some pretty tough words, pretty strong words. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. That's one thing. We'll explain what that means here in a minute. But you catch what it says after that? As though God was making his appeal through us. As if God used us, God sent us. That's what he did, isn't it? That's what the Great Commission says, isn't it? That we are to go into all the world teaching these things. You see, as Christ's ambassadors, I want you to understand this in your outline. As Christ's ambassadors, you are not elected by people, but you are chosen and appointed by God. Not elected by people. There's not a group of people that's going to say, well, you're going to be an ambassador now. You can do this. We're not elected by people. We are appointed by God. We are chosen by God. What I love about this is it's not elementary where you choose teams and there's always that last kid that's always chosen that nobody wants on his team. God says he has chosen you. He's appointed you to do these things. You see, that's our message. We are Christ ambassadors as though we're making this appeal through us. Now understand, we're from America. We're from Vermilion, Fountain County. We're from Covington, Perrysville, Covington, Kingman, Vetersburg, wherever else. We're from all these places. But get this. It doesn't make a difference where we're from, what county we live, even what state we live in. We are Christ ambassadors. We are Christ followers. So actually, when we understand we are from a heavenly nation, first and foremost, and once we understand what an ambassador is, I mean, we know what it is from school, right? It's the highest ranking diplomat sent from America to another country, but in this case, it's the highest ranking diplomat sent by God from heaven to earth. Just stop and let that sink in for a moment. God is calling us ambassadors. In other words, we're the highest ranking diplomats sent by God from heaven to earth. Sent by God, just not to earth, but to Vermillion and Fountain County, to Covington, Vetersburg, Perrysville, Kingman, wherever else. That's where God sent us. John 15, 16, which is what I read earlier. Prior to what he says here, we'll read it here in a minute. He calls us friends. This is Jesus' prayer. Jesus is talking. He calls us friends, not servants. Remember why he does that? He says, servants doesn't know the master's plan, but a friend does. So he calls us friends. Listen to what John says. He says, you did not choose me, Jesus says, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. You see, this is our calling. Did I misread John 15? 
I'm so sorry, but I've been so wrapped up in arguing with people. Arguing with people on Facebook about who the president is or who not the president is, about the insurance that we all have to do, or about immigration, or about anything else. Did I miss that? No, 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 no. Jesus said, I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. What fruit is he talking about? We need to go stand on the corner and sell apples and peaches and oranges? No. He's talking about stuff like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. He's talking about those things, that we bear those things. You see, we are not what others say we are. Some people will call us as Christians, us as believers, you know, all kinds of names. Oh, you're crazy for believing in a God that you can't see. You're crazy for believing in a God you've never heard verbally. You're crazy about all these things. But you see, it's not who they say we are. We are who God says we are. He says we're friends. We're ambassadors. And this is our calling in the nation in which we live. So number one, you are not elected by people, but you're chosen and appointed by God to be an ambassador. Number two, you are not a regular person, okay? You are a royal priest from God. There's another big one. Okay, not a regular person. What does that mean? It means we're not just somebody who blends into the crowd. We're not just somebody who does what everybody else is doing. We're not the regular Joe that everybody says, oh, he's just a good guy, good regular Joe, never causes any trouble, never says anything bad, never does these things. But he says we're an ambassador first. And he says, now we're a royal priest. And you're sitting here thinking, no, wait, 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 wait. I didn't know we're Catholic here. Okay, no, no, work with me here. doesn't mean that. 1 Peter 2.9, Peter says this, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Martin Luther actually taught and believed that the phrase priest should be as common of a term as the word Christian. And it's like, okay, I've read a lot of Martin Luther stuff, and I get what he's saying, and I agree with him. Because he would say, if you were a Christian, he would actually teach people to say, if somebody asks, I am a priest of the Most High. That changes things a little bit, doesn't it? We're just not ambassadors. We're not just representatives of Jesus Christ. We are now a high priest of our Heavenly Father. It doesn't say you have to go to Bible college. Does it say you have to be a preacher? Does it say you have to be an elder or a deacon? What he was saying is there's no ranking for those who can make a difference with God. If you can make a difference with the story of Jesus Christ and the love and the grace and the forgiveness, there's no difference. We're all priests. And if you don't like the word priest because it has that connotation, fine, but that's what God calls us. We are a royal priesthood. We are followers of Christ. We have the message of Jesus Christ. The message this world so desperately needs. I want you to understand you don't have to be ordained by man to be chosen by God. Okay? I was ordained back in I think 1988, West Lebanon Christian Church. We set apart elders and deacons to do the work in the church. 
But I want you to understand, you don't have to be this ordained person. You see, we are working, we are serving, we are worshiping for the Most High God. And I guarantee you, if he sends us as ambassadors, if he sends us as high priest of his holy nation, that's who we are. But you see, I think the problem is this a lot of times. We have a hard time believing this, okay? We have this hard time saying, well, I'm an ambassador of Jesus Christ. I'm an ambassador of heaven, or I am this high priest of the holy nation. And what I mean by that is this. It seems like any time I go to a dinner, um, depending on who's there, we get ready to eat, and what do you think people ask? Kirk, you want to pray? Like, you have this special connection with God. Okay? You're, you're, you're closer to God than anybody else here. You know what I want to say a lot of times? Nope, I'm rubber, you're glue. What you say bounces off me and sticks to you. Okay? So you pray. You know, some days I want to say, no, I don't feel like it. I don't, I don't want to today. It's your turn to pray for this meal. So many times we do this. I'm just not in the mood. I mean, what kind of preacher goes to camp with fifth and sixth graders, and as some of the kids are sitting down and eating, you try to steal a french fry, and they catch you. And so real quick, I just simply told them, I said, Jesus said you're to give me a french fry. <laughs> this was Lauren, actually, by the way. She stopped, and she looked at me, and she looked up, she goes, you're just saying that. <laughs> you know, but I mean, so if I'm so closer to God than everybody else, would he try to steal French fries from fifth and sixth graders? Understand, we are ambassadors, we are royal priests, we are sent by God, that you don't have to be ordained by man to do what God has called us to do with the message that he has. Your prayers are just as powerful as anybody else's. We need to understand that. Everybody has the same access to the throne room of God. Why? Again, you're a priest. You're the, the Most High. You're an ambassador. And when you see that, and when we understand that, and when we grab onto this idea, it changes the way you will relate to the world. Because now you are sent. So number one, you're not elected by people, but chosen and appointed by God. Number two, you're not a regular person. You're a royal priest of God. Number three, you never represent yourself. You always represent Christ. Folks, this is so important. 1 Peter 2.12 says this. It says, Live such good lives among the pagans that, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. you catch that? Even though they're going to accuse us of doing wrong, that one day, someday, they will see our good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Now understand, there's going to be always people who doubt Jesus. There's always going to be people who won't believe in Jesus. Always have, always will. But what Jesus tries to tell us, you don't worry about all that all the time. You just worry about how you live. You just worry about what you do. And if we're living as ambassadors, if we're living as priests, if we're living as Christians that God called us to be, they're going to see Jesus through us. You see, that's what I love about the nation in which we live. We have the freedom to do that. You see, you live in such a way that honors God. Even though they excuse you of wrongdoing, what will happen? They're going to see your good deeds. Why? So that they may glorify God because of what they see in you on the day he visits. 
So you see, as ambassadors, people just don't listen to what we say, but they watch what we do. Grab that. They may not listen to what we say, but I guarantee you people are watching us every day. They're watching what we do. They're watching how we act. And I don't think I'm ever reminded it as much as when we're at camp with a bunch of kids and they're watching us. You know, uh, it's, it's amazing. Uh, Hartley and I had one little guy in our group, uh, Jaden. Uh, he lives actually down by Kingman, and I invited him to VBS this week, so I'm hoping he comes. I'd love to see him. He's a foster kid. We didn't know that the first couple days. And the first night, I guarantee you, I thought this is going to be a handful. But by the next day, after that night, he came back. Every morning, we got hugs. And then Thursday, before we left, we were watching a movie because it was raining. He came sitting beside me and put his head on my shoulder. He goes, I'm going to miss you. I said, shut up, dude. Don't even start. <laughs> I could have brought him home. I, I really could have. Good kid. You know, and that's what it's about. Yeah, it's a long, hot week. Hardly had to sleep in the dorm. She had a long week. I'd never seen somebody drink so much coffee in all my life besides me. She survived on coffee. But in the long run, by Thursday, we saw the kids and how they changed. That's what it's about. I guarantee it wasn't always what we said, but they watched what we did. You see, as ambassadors, people will do that. You see, when we live with integrity... When we truly live with integrity, we live what we believe, and our actions match our beliefs. In other words, we practice what we believe, and how we expect others to live, we treat others as they would treat us. Okay? We do that. They suddenly will say, at some point, while they really are generous, they really are helpful, they really are loving, they really are who they say they are. And even though they may criticize you and hate you and doubt you, they're transformed at some point and they glorify God in heaven. You see, the Bible says this. It says they will know we are disciples. They will know we're disciples by how we what? Remember? How we love one another. How we treat one another how we go about the business of doing God's work. It's not how we vote. It's not how we post on Facebook or what we post on Facebook. It's not what we wear. It's not where we go on vacation. It's not about what we drive. The world is getting more and more evil. And I keep hearing everybody say, you know, every election, boy, if this person is elected, the world's going to get more evil. Have you ever heard that? Oh, we're just going to go down the tubes if so-and-so is elected. It always happens. I got a prophecy for you, and it's this. Are you ready for it? If the other person that's elected that you don't like, the world's going to get more evil, I guarantee you. I don't care if it's a Republican, Democrat, Tea Party, or Independent. It's going to get more evil because that's the way the world is going. So what happens when the world gets more evil? What's going to happen? Here's the prophecy. It's not real deep. If the world gets more evil, the light gets brighter. The darker it gets, the brighter the light is. Folks, we shouldn't have to worry about that. We shouldn't have to worry about the world getting more evil. I'm not worried at all. Are we going to be more involved? Yes, absolutely. Are we going to be more informed? Of course we are. Are we going to be voters? I hope so. 
Are we going to freak out, run for the hills, panic, build shelters, get more guns? Some are. But listen, we don't go to church, right? We are the church. We are the light. I love the kid, and you probably saw it on Facebook this last week. The kid was simply sitting in the restaurant. He had the hat on, make America great again. Guy picked up a Coke, threw it in his face, took his hat, and walked off. What I love about the kid, what'd he do? Absolutely nothing. He just sat there. And then through Facebook, through social media, he was recognized. He was arrested a few hours later. I'm going, yes. You know? And it wasn't the kid that was supporting Trump. I'm not saying that. It's just the idea of it. People are going to do that. The world's going to treat us that way. But we just don't go to church. We are the church. The church has endured for centuries. Whoever's elected, guess this. Get this. Christ is still in heaven. Whoever's elected, God is still on the throne. His name is above every name. You see, my loyalty is not who's president. My loyalty is the one who gave his life for me. That's what it's about. I love my country. I will fly my flag. I will be patriotic. But my loyalty is to God. He is the one who has truly set me free. Now, I appreciate everything the military people have done for me, fought the wars for the freedoms I have. But understand, it's who God is in us.